0: and undivided attention this morning. Help us, Lord, to give you our attention and hear from you. We consecrate ourselves to you for the sake of your kingdom work. Show yourself mighty this morning. Heal your people in their seats while I'm declaring the works that you have done. Let the floodgates of heaven be opened up on this meeting place. Make it an upper room experience. When When Elijah took a little dead boy in an upper room, miracles poured out. When your disciples prayed in an upper room, your spirit poured out. We ask for a repeat this morning. We cannot thank you enough for allowing us to gather and come into unity with your spirit as you show us great and marvelous things. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Okay, so there should be a slide. So um, I, before I start, I, have, I already took notes for you, so nobody needs to take notes. You can just relax and receive, not just relax and go to sleep, but receive. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go through these pretty quick. So, but I think if you know in the back of your mind, it's already written down, you can go through it again. You won't feel pressured to try and remember everything. But these are just some verses that stood out to me and helped me when I was um, diagnosed with an incurable disease so I'll start with that. I, so in 2018, I was diagnosed and given 11 months to live, and I, um, I have six kids. The baby was one at the time, and I just couldn't believe um, that to be my story. I couldn't receive it. I didn't know as much as I do now about God's word, but I had this thought, I think he would heal me. I think he would heal me. I was a Christian, but I didn't know his word like I should. So I started, I remember, though, Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. And um, actually, I'll read this one, and we'll go to the next one, which is Proverbs 4. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. So I read verses like this, and I started thinking, okay, he's saying that if I feed on him, I'm going to live. And I thought, can I take that literal So I started digging into his word, and the next slide will show you. um, You can go to the next slide. Um, This shows you my treatment program. There was not um, a cure for what I was diagnosed with. It was an incurable uh, type of blood bone cancer. And um, I remember coming across this early on, maybe it was the first week even after I was diagnosed, It said, pay attention to what I say, turn your ear to my words, Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. So what I did was I did some research because in Hebrew, if you look this up, you can figure out what these words actually mean. So when I looked up the original words, sure enough, it meant real life. It wasn't talking about spiritual life. It's actually talking about your flesh that actually would be healing to your body, like your actual literal physical body. It wasn't just... um, symbolic like some people have said before. So I thought, okay, this is my only hope. I'm going to do what this verse says to do. I'm going to keep his word within my ears, within my sight and within my heart and I'm going to use his word like medicine. So I went on what I call the 24 hour drip and that's why this at the top says, my treatment program, God's medicine, my dosage was all the time. And here's how I accomplished that because I'm homeschooling mom of six, so I'm pretty busy. But here's how I accomplished that. I would play it all the time when I couldn't be reading it. Like, it would be playing um, in whatever room we were in. And then um, when I was at sleep at night, I would just play it through the night. And whenever I wasn't doing homeschool or loading dishes or doing my normal daily tasks, I would be reading his words. So that helped me get it in my heart. I mean, listening to it helps, too. But when you sit down with your Bible and you read God's word, it has a way of... um, consecrating you. And these are things I didn't realize. I didn't even know what the word consecration meant. And I was a Christian, but I didn't even know what this meant all the way back then. Um, but I've learned a lot, and that's what I want to share with you today. And I'm going to kind of start scrolling through some some of the slides pretty quickly now. So the next one is just some of the things I learned. I, I saw this. Jesus said, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures." And you don't know the power of God. So I saw that. And I'm like, okay, so I know there's power in God's word because Jesus said this. These are the red letters of Jesus. And you can go to the next slide. Here's another another couple of verses that really stood out to me. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God or the mouth of the Lord. So that's Deuteronomy. But Jesus actually, you remember that Jesus quoted this to the devil in the wilderness when he was being tested by the devil he quoted this back to the devil he quoted scripture so he quoted these words from the mouth of God that was written in the book and so we can do that too we can quote scripture and we can fight the enemy whatever he's bringing against us with um with the word just like Jesus did he's a good example um and the next one is another one about eating on his word you you can go back one go back to that one just I didn't read the second verse yet okay Jesus said, I have food to eat of which you do not know about. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. So I, I read this, and I was thinking, okay, there again, it's talking about food, the word being like food. But what was the purpose of the word? In this case, it was so that we could, he could accomplish the work he was sent to do. And that should be what all of us say. All of us should be able to say that, that I am eating on God's word so I can accomplish the work that he has for me here. So you can go to the next verse. This was something else that stood out to me. They're two identical verses, actually, minus one word. In Luke 7.50, it says, your faith has saved you, go in peace. Jesus was saying this to the woman um, who washed his feet. And then on the very next chapter, Luke 8.48, he says, your faith has healed you, go in peace. And this is, he was saying it to the woman who touched the hem of his garment. So my question when I read this was because I was battling if it's God's will to heal at this point. Like, I wanted a healing, but I'm like, is, can God really do this? Because they said nobody has ever been healed of this. So can I really trust God to heal me? Um, and so I'm reading his word, not just as medicine, but also I'm questioning it. I'm like, is this, is this real? Like, does he still do this? But what stood out to me, the saved and healed, those two words that are underlined, is um, we don't question the first one. We never question if Jesus still wants to heal. It's his, I mean, to save. Everybody, every single church, all the denominations, they still have an altar call most Sundays or most of the time, and they still believe that God wants to save you, and they give out that invitation, Jesus, he's willing, come, he's just waiting on you, but they don't do the same thing with healing. They're like, well, it might be his will. One of the saddest things that I've ever been a part of was one time I was at a church And I prayed over somebody who had been in a car accident. And I knew full well that God was able to heal her, even though it looked like a bad situation. And the pastor got up right after I prayed and said to this woman, you know, if you don't get that healing, don't worry. When you get to heaven, you'll get that healing. And the thing is, we're all going to get brand new glorified bodies in heaven. Like he was trying to take James 5... Uh, 15 and 16 where it says any sick among you come to the elders to be anointed and by their faith you will be healed and if you have committed any sins it will be forgiven of you because the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective he was trying to take that and because he had seen it not work he tried to make it work like okay well maybe that just means when you get to heaven you'll get healed i don't believe that for a minute and i can give you a lot of reasons why but one of them is those verses right there Jesus didn't say, when you get to heaven, I'll heal you. Or when you get to heaven, I'll save you. Neither one of those makes sense. You don't need saved in heaven. You don't need healed in heaven. You don't even need set free in heaven. You don't need, captives don't need set free. Demons don't need cast out in heaven. So this was for now. You can go to the next verse or the next slide. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ, Galatians 3, 5. So I wanted to point that out this morning because I wanted you not just to hear what I'm saying. I wanted you to believe what I'm saying. This is not, it's not that I'm saying it. I'm just repeating God's word. I'm just pointing out some verses that encouraged me. And I'm asking you to open up your heart and open up your ears. You know, remember Jesus said, Those that have ears to hear, let them hear. Everyone has ears to hear. I think what he, I, I, I think I could be safe in saying, he was saying, use your ears to hear. So I'm asking you to use your ears to hear this morning. Receive, believe what you're hearing and what you're reading on the screen. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is more than willing to heal you, even right now as you listen. I pray nobody in here has pain right now. Pain, leave in Jesus' name. I pray right now as you're sitting here, you feel the Holy Spirit coming on you. You feel his power running throughout your body, healing you right now, even as you're listening and as you're beginning to believe, as this verse says, believe. Okay, you can go to the next, next slide. I think you can get, Yeah. So this is just another one about eating on God's word. Um, God said, Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does, does you no good? Listen to me, and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life." So again, this is God, this is in the Old Testament, but he's again telling us listen to my word, listen to my word. It will give you life, it's gonna give you strength, it's gonna be what you need. And um, I think the next slide, what, uh, show me the next slide, I might get back up to, okay, Jesus looked at them intently and said, Human, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. And that's Mark 10, 27. So these kind of verses, they kept me pumped up. I would read this and I'd be like, God's going to do this. He's going to heal me. But, you know, every time they would test my blood, uh, they would check me every two weeks. So they expect me to start declining very rapidly. And every time they would test me, it would show that I wasn't healed. And I, I was so disheartened. I was like... But I have the faith to be healed. I'm like the woman that's touching the hem of the garment. I'm touching your garment, Jesus. I'm reading your word. I'm staying in it 24-7. I'm listening to it. I'm, I'm reading it. I'm, I'm keeping it in my heart. I, I'm doing all the things I think I'm supposed to do. But nothing was happening. And I had to learn to trust God during that time like never before. And it taught me some stuff that I still have never forgotten. And I pray I never do. It taught me to trust God's word above what I see with my eyes whether it's blood work or what someone says to me above what the doctors say, above what um, what might even be symptoms. Like, it, it taught me to trust. You can go to the next slide. So, this is just another reminder. I was keeping it within my sight, remember? Not just within my ears, not with, just within my heart, but within my sight. So, we took our whole house and turned it into, like, a walking Bible. So, we have, like, Bible verses taped up all over our house, trying to, every time I would get bad blood work, I would tape up more verses. Okay, well, the blood work still says I'm not healed, but I'm believing I'm healed. I'm going to put up more truth. So I was trying to walk by faith and not by sight. Um, But this sight was helping me, so I put things up to remind me, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. So this is in our living room across the wall uh, next to our fireplace, and it's still there. (laughs) It still reminds me. You can go to the next slide. Okay, you can go back to the um, previous slide for just a second because I want to set up for the next one. But so I continued doing this, and for eleven months, they gave me eleven months to live. For eleven months, um, nothing really changed, and I—it I, was hard to keep my hope up. And I remember—I um, remember—I don't want to get too much into it. I want to save time for some of the other stuff, but. I I had switched around to, my husband had me switch to a different doctor. I had been to three different doctors. We kept hoping that we'd get a better result, right? We kept hoping that they'd say, no, you know, they were wrong. You got misdiagnosed. This isn't that. This is something else. Like that was, deep down, I just wanted to go away. Even though I was leaning in, I was learning all this good stuff about God, I there was a piece of me that was childlike, you know, how children just want the punishment to go away, or not that it was punishment, I shouldn't have said that, but they want the bad thing, whatever it is, to go away, because they don't want to deal with it, so uh, we see children throw temper tantrums. I I feel like us adults are like that, too, and I was getting to that point of, like, I'm going to throw a temper tantrum, like, I'm not getting what I want, I don't want my kids to see something terrible here, and so I'm, I'm starting to feel, like, um, pressured because that 11 month mark was coming and the doctor who I now had made an appointment for me to get more blood work done on the exact death date which he did not know the death date he he did, he was going he was just doing blood work every so often routine blood work and um, by by this point, I will tell you that they were surprised I hadn't declined. They were surprised that my, even though my blood work was showing worse, I was still running 7K a day. I was still doing all the stuff. I was still being a mom. I was still homeschooling. I was still being a wife to my husband. I was still doing all this stuff. So they were starting to notice something, but the blood work wasn't showing it. My behavior was showing it. So they were already starting to think, like, she's kind of weird. <laughs> she's different. She's not receiving this. She doesn't want anything to do with hospice. She's not, in, you know, she's not falling into line with all the stuff that we normally do for people like her and so I um I just I, I continue to pray I won't go into all the details because I have to leave some of the stuff out just to get through and share with you what I feel like the Lord wants me to share but I will say that God supernaturally showed up in a way and he told me um to have shameless audacity he said to keep knocking until I got to what I came for that's like the guy with the bread in Luke 11 um Luke chapter 11, verse 8. So I'm going to leave it at that in order to have time to share more later. But God did show up and did remind me, keep, keep, keep being like the persistent widow. Don't stop. So I did keep praying. And on my death date, a miracle did show up. And that's what the next slide shows. You, so on my death date, you can see, like, um, this is my immune system right here. I'll step up here. So this is my immune system, how it was plummeting. And then it skyrocketed. This was my death date and then this is the cancer level and it plummeted. So on my death date when i was supposed to die, God showed up big and he's like, "Nope, you were declared, you know, death on her. You declared death on her. I declare life." So i was given back my life. It was an amazing time of it was a miracle and many churches and um, even a hospital Um, asked me to come and speak and share this miracle testimony that they have never seen before. And I did that all the way up until COVID hit. When COVID started, it shut down all of the, um, not only did it shut down the churches for a while, but it also shut down like being able to walk in a hospital. Like if you're going to go in a hospital, it had to be because you were sick. It wasn't going to be because you're going in there just to talk about a miracle. They they were, everything got kind of panic mode during that time. So things kind of began to shut down and during that time i also came under attack again it was like a second blow like the enemy couldn't stand what was happening he couldn't stand me declaring the works of the lord and um he came he came back on me again and attacked me with another bout of of cancer uh, the same type of cancer that was beginning to eat through my bones but this time it happened so fast that I didn't have a chance to even think about it. Like, I just I, I started having back pain, and I realized I, by the time I got to the hospital, um, my back had already broken five times. Like, it happened extremely fast. And my, um, and once I got in the hospital and they did an MRI, they broke it again a sixth time just, um, just doing the MRI. So my back ended up broken six times. And my, um, you can go to the next slide as I'm talking through this, <laughs> trying to move along. So a mighty army was surrounding me, but my heart was still not afraid. Even though I was being attacked, I remained confident. I'd already been through boot camp. I already knew how to fight. I already learned how to fight during that 11 months before when I was in that intense warfare. So I already learned to listen to God. Don't, listen to the, don't even listen to your symptoms. And it was very difficult. I remember there were holes beginning to develop all over my body called lesions and they were there were more than they could count. I specifically asked the question, "How many do I have?" And they said, "More than we can count." There's no way we're gonna sit and count all of them. Like your whole body is eroding away, and you're basically I was becoming like a slug. Like my bones were I was peeing out my bones through my kidneys, and um, I had absolutely. Um, it was like the most horrific attack you can imagine. Like, it, it was, I had friends calling and saying, basically, we'll help you out. Like, implying, not saying verbatim, but implying, you know, I'll help with the kids when you're not here. Like, they, they you know, people were beginning to give up at this point. It looked really bad. So... I was not giving up, though. I was remaining confident. I was like, I'm going to get out of here, and I'm going to go back and take care of my kids. And I even sent them a video, and I'm going to share that video with you. It's a 60-second video. And I'm sending it back to my kids at home to tell them, Mommy's going to be just fine, you know? And I'm trying to encourage them with God's word. And I'll share that to you, and then I'll talk more about it. It might take a minute for him to transfer. Okay. Okay, you weren't able to do that. Okay, so I'll just tell you a little bit about it. So I'm telling them while I'm in the hospital that basically they were getting ready to give me blood. Uh, My hemoglobin was really low. And so they were getting ready to give me blood, and um, I I was still kind of stubborn. I was like, I don't need blood. Jesus is going to heal me. But I remember the doctor saying, you... You, you really need this blood, Kathleen. If you don't take it, your organs could shut down. I mean, this, this is your only hope right now. Like, this is, It's the end if you don't take the blood. And I just remember the Lord piercing into my mind and saying, it's all about the blood. That you, someone else's blood has always been your only hope someone else's blood has always been your only hope. The blood of Jesus is our only hope. But as a prophetic act to honor the doctors and to honor God, I took that blood and while I was doing it, I took communion. And that's what you would have seen in the video if it played was me taking communion and telling my kids back home, you know, Jesus paid it all, he paid it all. He paid the price, not just for our salvation, but for our healing to redeem us from the pit And you can go to the next slide, actually. I have this listed out for you. (laughs) He forgives our sins. He heals all of our diseases. This is word for word, by the way. This is not my word. This is God's word from the Bible. Word for word. I just numbered it. I added the numbers. That's it. But hey, they added periods and commas and stuff, too. I, I mean, this is word for word. Who forgives all our sins, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with love and compassion, satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. So I was believing that and I sent that back to my kids and I continue to believe that. This attack came on me so fast. um, I didn't have time to like prepare my kids like this is what's happening or here's what you should do. So I did it from the hospital like telling them, you know, it's all good and they would send me like, they would video the kids, little ones doing like prayers for me and send it back to me. And I remember my, it would have been my seven year old at the time I think, he, he sang that song Waymaker miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. And he sang it in his little kid voice. And my daughter sent that to me. And, and, And I remember him saying, Mommy, even though you don't see it, he's working. Even though you don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. And I, that just so encouraged me. My little mighty warriors were in, encouraging me and lifting me up. And, and they were, I had raised them in that deep, dark time during that 11 month thing. They all had war rooms too. It wasn't just me, all of them had war rooms too around their beds that we made war rooms. I don't all have their own room. We'd had to live in a mansion and have enough rooms for that. The boys' share a room and the girls' share a room, but they had, like, made a war room for themselves around their bed area. And they would speak those verses back to me every night. They had become strong in battle, and now they put whole armies to flight because of what we went through. So, anyway, I was, I just counted this up recently. From the time I was hit with this, I started breaking on July the 5th that year. Um... Forty days went by and I was in the wilderness for 40 days. I, I even though I tried to stand strong, I was like Moses in the wilderness, like he's like, I'm here, I'm listening to you, God, but these people weren't doing what I want or whatever. I felt like I'm here, I'm listening to you, God, but my body's not doing what you're saying it's supposed to do. And I'm trying to make sense of it, but I'm just trusting him. Like I felt like he asked me during that time, do you love me? You know, remember he asked Peter that three times? I felt like he asked me three times, do you trust me? Do you trust me now that you, you know, do you trust me once you're diagnosed? Do you trust me now that you're having symptoms? Do you trust me now that the doctors are word cursing you? You know, do you trust me? And I had to say yes to him. I trust him because though he slay me, I will trust in him. So I decided to trust him and our church was having a revival exactly uh, 40 days from the time that I had began to break. And they had already been around our house, marched around our house seven times. The church was praying earnestly for me. Churches all over, really all over the world, people in other countries even were praying, friends of missionaries that were in England. so. But our church was praying earnestly, just like the church that prayed for Peter when Peter was in prison, right after James got beheaded. Peter was in prison, and they thought for sure Peter was going to be the next person beheaded. Um, and But the church prayed earnestly for Peter, and Peter was miraculously released through an angel. So the church did that for me. Our pastor, I remember him standing in front of the congregation and urging them to pray earnestly for me. And that he had even told me on the phone, he said, you're going to be like Peter, you're going to get out of this. And um, so I believed, I believed God. I believed that God gave him that word. It encouraged me. I held on to it. And that night at Revival, um, there was a healing service similar to what's happening right now. Like somebody shared their testimony, just like I'm sharing my testimony. And But I wasn't there, I was at home in bed. But I, I was watching, it was a recording, I was watching the recording, and I just remember praying a simple prayer. Like, I was exhausted by this point, it was like 1 a.m. in the morning, because it wasn't live, I had to wait for it to be downloaded to watch it. And so I remember just saying a real simple prayer, God, just finish the good work you started. You did it for this girl. Her, her name was Sammy. I said, you did it for Sammy. Do it for me. Just I asked him to just repeat it. And like, you, you're you no respecter of persons. And I went to sleep. And when I woke up, the Lord Jesus Christ had helped me. And now I go everywhere and tell him, everyone about it. Anyone that will listen, I will tell them about it. <laughs> so... I'm going to spend the rest of my time um, talking to you about some things that I feel like the Lord's shared with me and wants me to share with you today. Um, the next, I think it starts going through some pictures of right after I, okay. Knowledge does not move mountains. <laughs> I already kind of mentioned this with one of the slides, but, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Um, Again, this goes back, it's also with the, the Galatian scripture that I referred to earlier, but you, just reminding you, as I'm speaking over the next, um, basically I'm about halfway through now, so after, while I'm finishing up, again, keep, um, let, let your faith rise. I just pray into that right now. Lord, I cover this place with the blood of Jesus, and I ask you to just let your faith, uh, let the faith in this room increase. Let the faith in this room increase. I just speak into, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come. Come and do your mighty work. It's not my hand. It's not my might. It's not my power. It's by the Spirit of the Lord that will come down and do the work. And it comes through faith-believing, faith-believing in Jesus' name. Amen. So you can go to the next one. This will help you with your faith believing. So July 5th, I started to break the same summer that I began to break and the Lord tried, the enemy tried to take me out. The Lord restored me, and here I am back in the pool playing with my kids. Um, so you can go to the next slide. <laughs> Uh, This is me. I took them um, to, like, down to Tennessee. I drove them down there and um, driving again. You know, you can still see the green grass that was starting. I think it was September by this point. I'm going down to Tennessee. I took them hiking. Everything's still closed because of COVID, so the museums and stuff were closed, except I think there might have been a few open if you wear a mask, but I, who can keep a mask on a kid? If anybody's, ever done that, let me know. Like, I don't know how to keep a mask, on, especially little ones. He's like, you see him sucking his thumb. He had no no, no plan on keeping a mask on his face. So we didn't go to anywhere. We had to keep him, you know, masked up. So we're just uh, out um, hiking, and we did some caving that day, too. I don't think there's any caving pictures, but you can go to the next one. This one right here is like something I didn't get to do when my back was broken. It was only 40 days, but it felt like 40 years, because I'd used to lay down with my little one to get him to sleep and I didn't get to do that anymore because my I was I was under attack and so when I got myself back when the Lord restored me I was able to lay down with him again and get him down for his his nap he would always take a nap like at one o'clock and um that shirt I have on is you know you know it's a common verse out of Isaiah you will run and not grow weary and I, um, I don't have that shirt anymore. I ended up cutting up that shirt and sending it out to people that needed healing and asking God to heal them through that because there is a verse in the Bible that Paul did that. He sent out his handkerchief and not only were they healed but demons were cast out when that cloth was laid on them. So there's no power in the cloth. It's the power in the blood but it's just a symbolic act of saying I'm believing that once you hear my testimony and you get this cloth you're, it's going to remind you of the power of God and people did receive healing by that simple act of faith and I brought some, I brought and that one, that shirt's all gone. I'm on like my sixth shirt now. But I did bring a new shirt to just, especially for you guys today. You can go to the next one. This is me on my hands and knees. You know, people with a broken back, even if they've had a car accident or something, usually have to have like physical therapy or occupational therapy. That never happened with me. I went straight back to living my life. Nothing was taken away. Everything the Lord, everything the enemy tried to take away, the Lord has restored. So I'm just right here playing with my little boy. And or I think I'm telling him that those dinosaurs, are they need to be vegetarians. I think that's what I was saying. Like, they're not eating meat. I think that's what I was saying. <laughs> no. All right, you can go to the next one. Uh, this is me as it got colder. Still, though, same year, still, still the same year, um, ice skating with my kids. Who ice skates with a broken back, right? This is just proof proof's in the pudding, right? This is just proof of what God can do when the enemy comes at you with your worst nightmare. He can turn it around for good. He wants to turn it around for good. He wants it to be for the saving of many people, just like it says in Genesis 50 20. The enemy always intends it for harm, but God, he has an amazing way of always turning it for good, for the saving of many people. You can go to the next one. And this is Twister on New Year's Eve. We were having a New Year's Eve party, and um, so we are playing Twister. Again, not something you could do with a broken back. (laughs) Yeah, I should have asked permission before. Is that okay that I shared that? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Or you could go to the next one. All right. um, I'm back to, like, encouraging you with some verses. I felt like the Lord, I don't always share all of those. Those are very personal, and I don't always share all of those. But I felt like the Lord wanted me to let you see how real I am and how um, but it ha- to kind of help you to see, like, I'm just a real mom that really wants to do the things that moms do, and that was my desire, was like, God, give me back my life so I can do what you made me for, but what I didn't realize was he made me for so much more. He made me for so much more, and I didn't realize it, so what happened during this time of staying in his word, which I still do, by the way, it never stopped. That medicine still flows. I never stopped, because it's, it's not like a diet where I want to just lose weight, and when I get down to the right weight, I'm going to stop. It's not like that. It's life. It is literal life to me. And I I noticed some things. I started noticing what I call accidental consecration. So I was finally getting to know God. And I had prayed since November of 2010. I started praying, God, give me a heart that wants nothing more than to love and honor you. And I prayed that every day for as, for as long as I can remember. God, give me a heart that wants nothing more than to love and honor you. But I did not know how to get there. Had I not had this diagnosis, I don't know if I ever would have got there. Because I never would have put that much time into it. I wouldn't have turned off the TV and turned off all media and, and, and you know, made sure. I don't have a Facebook account. I have spent every extra moment I have with the Lord. I figured out ways to get extra moments. Like not changing my clothes every day. Like, I'm serious. I have figured out ways to just, you know, the less times I change my clothes, not only is it time-consuming to try and figure out a new outfit, it also takes time to wash the clothes, so it's less clothes to wash. I mean, I figured out, like, some little creative things to give myself more time with the Lord. Um, so you can go to the next slide. It, so know God. I want to know—now, this is what Paul said. Paul said, I want to know Christ and experience the same power that raised him from the dead. Here's why I included this slide. There is some bit of misinformation out there among church members and Christians that we should just be kind of like humble to the point of I'm just so thankful that I'm saved and I know I'm going to original eventually I'm going to get to heaven and and really that's good enough for me God that's good enough for me I, I just I thank you for saving me I'm just going to live out the rest of my life the best that I can and just thank you for saving me but you know what I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to experience the power of God and so I started realizing as I read through scripture there's actually no scripture for being like a Basically, a passive Christian. There's no scripture for it. We see only active Christians. We see all the apostles. We see everybody who ever did anything for God being active, actively involved in the power of God coming down and doing stuff through them. And once I started realizing and started, I started sharing my um, testimony, and I started realizing people are getting healed when I share my testimony. It's not me. I do nothing. It's not me. It's the power of God. It's the power in a testimony. So I'll share more about that. But I started realizing there's power, not just power in the blood, like we sing power in the blood, but there's power in God's word, power in God's word. And so I was accidentally getting consecrated through this period of time. You can go to the next one. Um, It's about knowing God. It says, oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. And God Himself said, I want you to show love. I want you to know me. So He wants us to know Him. We cannot possibly know Him well enough if we're not in His Word on a, I mean, not just daily, I mean, like almost hourly basis. Like, I, I'm always thinking about Him. We should always be thinking about Him, thinking about what He wants. You can go to the next one. Okay, now I'm going to spend the rest of my time talking about some specific war strategies that'll help you if you're dealing with. Anything. It doesn't have to be a sickness. It can be uh, just an issue, like even family issues, relationship issues, anything that you're dealing with in life. These, all these strategies will work. So, one of the strategies is to memorize and declare Scripture. And and I just uh, Psalm 91 is one of my favorites, but of course, it's not limited to just one verse. But Psalm 91, the entire chapter is a really good chapter. It starts out, "Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty." This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. He will rescue me from every trap and protect me from deadly disease. He will cover me with his feathers and shelter me with his wings. His faithful promises are my armor and protection. I will not be afraid of the terrors of the night or the arrow that flies in the day or blood disease or whatever it happens to be. So I'm not going to keep going through the whole thing to save time, but just memorizing Psalm 91 is highly recommended. You can go to the next one. Um, praying, this is another war strategy. Use prayer. We obviously, everybody knows this one, but I just want to point out a couple of things about it. Um, the Bible says to do it. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of requests. It puts not just about your own problem, but about other people. That puts others' interests ahead of your own. So this is a picture of part of my war room, and I have people's names written, Um, And so that I would be reminded to not just focus on myself and my own problems, but to pray for other people and other issues. Don't get self, no matter how bad it looks, like I remember being in that hospital where I was like a slug dissolving within myself. And I remember sending out prayers on my phone to other people and praying for your husband. I know he's having that procedure done today. Like, I'm not kidding you. I was still praying for other people because that's what God wants us to do. That's the character of God is to put his other's interests ahead of our own. You can go to the next one. Um, this is also about prayer this is just a quote uh, from from a book hearing the voice of the Lord comes from the life that is consistent in prayer if you persist in prayer the Lord will begin to speak to you and you'll be able to discern his voice during ministry so during ministry you're able to discern the voice of the Lord that started in your prayer closet so if you don't have that prayer life it's hard to hear the voice of the Lord so to hear the voice of the Lord, you go through cleansing. If you're not consecrated and pure, the enemy will find places to attack you during or after the prayer session. So that was just something I learned along the way, that you really have to stay consecrated. I, it was happened to me accidentally. I didn't realize I was consecrating myself by saying in God's word. It happened, then I realized it. It was after the fact. I'm like, oh, this is why I'm desiring to be with him so much, because I have been with him. And um, I would also say... That well, I'll talk about it more away next slide. We'll go to the next slide. Okay. Another war strategy, use swords. So once Eliezer and David stood together against the Philistines when the entire Israelite army had fled, he killed Philistines until his hand was too tired to lift his sword. And the Lord gave him a great victory that day. And I just this is in the Old Testament, and they're talking about a literal sword. <laughs> But in the New Testament, our sword is in the form of God's word. We know that from Ephesians 6, 17. That's why I have it noted up there. I was going to share with you a few of my swords I have with me right now. So uh, this one is Luke ten nineteen. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Um, and then Matthew ten nineteen. God will give you the right words at the right time. And... Uh, let's see. What else? Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is never in vain. And I feel like that was, yeah, there's another one. <laughs> I will not speak with you much more. This is Jesus talking, talking to his disciples. He says i will not speak with you much more for the ruler or the prince of this world is coming and he has no claim on me no power over me nor anything that he can use against me john 14 30. um i i keep that one in my pocket because that reminds me to stay consecrated if the enemy can find anything he can use against you he will use it against you it's like a gap in your armor if you have a fence he, he knows it. He's going to start trying to wiggle in through that. If you have unforgiveness, bitterness, um, even the little things, the thoughts of the mind need to be consecrated to the Lord. So I keep that one in there. And um, here's, I think this is another one. This is, this is my declarations. I just made um, a list of declarations. I am a lion. I am a healer. I am a warrior like Caleb. I am a fire starter. I carry his presence everywhere I go. I change the atmosphere. I change eternity with my prayers. I repair broken walls, all by the blood of Jesus. So those are my my declarations. So those are kind of things that I would use um, to keep me strong. And that's still the same thing I use to keep me strong. <laughs> you can go to the next one. Um, this one is also about the word and about the sword. And this is from a different book called Freedom from Fatal Thinking. If you are thinking on the word of God, it has an anointing around it. It is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing even the thoughts and intents of the heart. It divides the soul and the spirit, and it joints in the marrow of the bone. You are letting a sword pierce and do spiritual surgery on your mind it begins to cut out negativity and cut out all the stuff that is wrong. Meditating, dwelling, and thinking over and over and over again on what God has to say about it. So, whatever you're dealing with, it doesn't matter if it's a healing or you know whatever it is. This is going to be true. Dwelling on His Word is like it's like doing surgery on your mind and rerouting connections. Even that, it's it's really hard to believe, that even scientifically speaking, you can reroute connections in your mind through. And I know that this, the secular world would like to take God completely out of that when they do these research studies and they say, well, it's positive thinking. But it's, it's because it follows a principle of the Bible that it works. thinking Not thinking on negative things does your body harm, but thinking on the the truth of God, which is positive, does your body good. So even scientifically speaking, even people who don't believe in God can say it is powerful and healthy for your body to listen and be in God's word, meditate, dwell, and think over it. So you can go to the next one. Another war strategy is to be familiar with the enemy's schemes so that he will not outsmart you. Um, you can go to the next one because it goes with this, I think. Yeah. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them so we know the officer who enlisted us is jesus christ and we are all called to be warriors of christ and he doesn't want us to get tied up in nitpicking and um really anything that's disloyal or disunity he wants us to be focused on him and his work the great commission has not expired we all have like a work to be doing for him and if we're tied up on well he said she said or I can't believe she did that or I can't believe I did you see that look on his face like those are all things that need to be those are take those thoughts captive and throw them away they're keeping you from living the good life they're keeping you from living the good life you want to live the good life don't even think about it don't compare yourself with anyone but Jesus Christ that's it so you can go to the next one I prophesied to my situation. So for me, it really worked well to use this scripture directly. I was like, you know, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. They were eroding bones. So I was like, hear the word of the Lord. And then the Lord said, look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. So prophesy to your body. Speak to your body. Tell it to line up. If it's your brain, if it's something you're thinking, then tell yourself, I'm not going to think like that anymore. Try to start rerouting. You can go to the next one. God wants to use our hardships to create elite warriors for Christ. I actually already quoted this. So I got ahead of myself, but I'll quote it again. It's good. You can read it this time. So you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. And Hebrews 11.34 says their weakness, their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. So um, you can go to the next one. Um, this is about Abraham. Um, God said, it says in Romans four seventeen, it's talking back about what God said over Abraham. And it said, God calleth those things which be not as though they were. So it's kind of like what I was doing. I was calling myself healed even though the doctors and symptoms and even visual i you know, my vision was showing me I wasn't, but I was calling it as if I was already healed. I was planning out my future. In fact, there's several times during this whole mess that i had a vision of me standing in front of audiences telling them the goodness of the god of the lord or of god and um i so he was giving me a glimpse into my future to keep me going to say this is not over i have a plan for you to plans to prosper you not to harm you plans for a hope and a future so he was giving me little glimpses and keeping me going um and then even when there was no reason for hope abraham kept hoping abraham never wavered in believing god's promise in fact his faith grew stronger and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. So I just wanted to point that out because there was a lot of times I had, to, I had to really wrestle with the scripture and remind myself, for Abraham, he did it. He'll do it for me. He'll keep his promises. I know all of his promises. I have them all over the wall. Some days I would have such hard days. I remember vividly. All I, all I accomplished in an entire day was to go throughout the whole house reading all those scriptures like, I, I couldn't, I was so overcome. I remember having what I guess would be like panic attacks because it was, this is before my back was breaking. This is back during the 11-month period. But I, I didn't have any physical symptoms yet, but I had the enemy attacking my mind. And I, I was so overcome that I had panic attacks. I had anxiety. The spirit of fear was so real which is a demonic entity. It's an, an assignment from the enemy. The enemy, he saw the assignment. He saw the diagnosis of the doctor, and then he's like, okay, I've got an open door here. The doctor's just said this. She's starting, she's going to decide if she's going to receive it. I'm going to try and help her receive that death sentence because the enemy comes to still kill, and destroy. Jesus comes to give us life and give it abundantly, so the enemy's going to do whatever he can to get you to come into agreement with his plan. So you have to, it's sometimes so hard, but look what it says about Abraham. It says, his faith grew stronger and stronger, even though nothing was happening. He wasn't getting the promise. It says, but as his faith grew stronger and stronger, it brought glory to God. So I thought, if nothing else, and you know, the enemy would come in with the lie, you're just going to die waiting on him to heal you. And I remember thinking, if nothing else, I'm going to bring him glory then. I will go out in a blazing glory. I'm going to bring him glory. I'm going to keep believing no matter what it looks like because I'm bringing him glory. And I might look like, like a fool to everybody else, but I I'm... I'm believing it. I actually believe him. I believe his word. Um, I don't think the next verse, I think, might be the last one. You can go past that since it didn't play. So the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I kind of already mentioned that. I almost got ahead of myself. But I wanted to end on this note um, because I'm sharing my testimony, but my testimony has spiritual power. And you're, hearing, you're about to hear, I'm going to um, share with you a few. I have a list of some other testimonies that are pretty powerful. I want to share some testimonies with you real quick. I'm just going to read through them. I'm not going to give you details like I did with mine. But just to increase your faith on what God can and is able to do. Um, but I want to talk about testimony. It says in Hebrew, in the Hebrew text, the root word which we translate as testimony means to repeat, return, or do again. And the Webster Dictionary defines testimony as a specific event in a Christian's life in which God did something deemed particularly worth sharing. So Revelation 19.10, I kind of put in parentheses, what's in parentheses is my wording on it, it's my take on it, but I believe it means this. The testimony of Jesus, his mighty works, is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, it foretells or predicts what he's willing to do again. So I just want to share that with you. I want to share some testimonies. I'm feeling right now um, like I want to s- this was, my original plan was to just go right into sharing these testimonies and then um, basically finishing up. But I feel like there's one more thing before I share those testimonies. As I talk about consecration, I feel like the Lord wanted me to, to stop there and pause on that for a few minutes. Um, it's been a huge thing in my life uh, to consecrate myself. And every day that i get closer to him i feel like i need to get closer to him i don't know if that makes sense to any of you but it's like the closer you get the more the more you realize how much we need him and we really it needs to be a daily thing you need to repent daily even though he's washed your washed you with his blood and he saved you you need to re-consecrate i would say every morning before you start your day re-consecrate and say God cleanse me of anything that I'm thinking. I, I've even got to the, this is a pretty brave prayer, but I've even got to where I'm saying, God, judge me, judge me, judge my thoughts, judge my actions, judge everything about me to bring me into alignment with Your Word. And there's a there's actually a prayer that I've been praying with my kids. I started praying a couple of months ago, and it's been really powerful in helping consecrate more at our house. So I'd like to share that real quick before we continue on, because our consecration to the Lord is more important than anything you came here with. It, to know God and to be represented for him is more important than anything you need for yourself because he he looks at things on a grand scheme. He wants mighty warriors. He wants to heal you. I want you to know that's a character of God. He wants to heal you, but he wants to set you ablaze for him. He wants to take your healed body and make it into a modern-day disciple for Christ. So I'd like to share that with you. I actually have some copies I can even give you afterwards if you want, but I have it on my phone, so I'll just, I'll read it off my phone and have you repeat after me. You want to do that? Yeah. Okay. Oops. I call it the die to self prayer or purging prayer. So if you want, let's stand up if you're able to. Let's stand up. Let's give God full attention. Let's kind of, I'm going to ask you to make this like a covenant promise, a covenant promise to the Lord. And if you do, if you make this a covenant promise, the way you made a covenant promise, if you've gotten married, the way you make a promise to your husband or wife, God takes that seriously. That's a covenant. I ask you to make a covenant with him right now. And if you take it seriously and you truly mean what you say in your heart, it will change your. It will wreck your world. You will become so in love with God that nothing else is going to matter. You won't have to battle with those thoughts so much anymore, because the Holy Spirit will keep you strong. So just repeat after me. Holy Spirit, come right now and help me purge myself from what is dishonorable. Make me a vessel for honorable use. Set me apart as holy. Make me useful to the master of the house. The house is my body, body. God's temple. temple. Lord, you are the master of my body. body. Make me ready and prepared for every good work. work. I submit my will to you. I you. I die to my own needs. I die to my own desires. I die to my own insecurities. I submit my body and mind to you. I submit my spirit and soul to you. I ask you to make me become less and less less. So so that you become greater and greater. I invite you into every place of my very being. And I ask you to take over every part of my life so that I no longer live, but instead it is you who lives in me. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to fully have me. I fully submit my will to you. I ask you to reach out through me. And love every person I ever cross paths, paths with. And Lord, use that love Lord, use that to, fulfill to fulfill your great commission. Use me as your vessel to snatch souls from the fire. To, from the fire. to heal the sick. To, the sick. And to cast, out demons, cast out demons. And to change this world everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <sighs> Yeah, you can sit down. <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I feel His Holy Spirit as presence is here now. Um, I just want to finish up with sharing some testimonies, and then we will um, we'll have a prayer time. If you've already received healing, um, let me just ask: Is there anybody that feels like they've already received the healing while sitting here? Is there anybody that feels like they came in with pain or they came in with something and they don't feel it right now? Or is there anybody? Okay, well then you know anybody that still has something definitely come forward if you do end up getting held as you wait in line even um which has happened before that's fine go ahead and stand in line though and when you get up to the front you can just tell me it's encouraging sometimes to hear that as you because sometimes it's just walking forward getting out of your seat and walking forward that's just like that woman who walked forward toward the hem of his garment it's the faith that it takes to get out of your seat and walk forward that it's that faith that heals um so anyway, I'm going to share some of this. I'm going to increase your faith through testimonies, and then it will, we'll be ready to finish up. So these are some signs and wonders that I've witnessed since my healing. These are not all the miracles that I've seen, um, and even I even went through before I brought it back this time and um, kind of marked off some that were repeats. So if I say it once, it doesn't mean it only happened one time. So if I mention blood pressure, that means blood pressure is healed, but um, because I was just trying to save save space. So eyes healed, medically documented. High blood pressure healed, medically documented. Brain dead person awakes against all odds, medically documented. A lady becomes pregnant after menopause, medically documented, and baby to prove it. <laughs> Bones from a bone, a color, a broken color bone come together at the emergency room. Surgery was canceled. A sciatic nerve and bone spur healed. M- multiple migraine headaches healed. Back healed. Abdomen healed. Throat condition healed. Um, partial paralysis and arm healed. Coma state child awakes. Immediately after receiving a prayer over the phone, actually medically documented, um, little girl walks flat instead of on our tippy toes for the first time. Uh, multiple cases of cancer healed, and actually just heard one again this when I got here today. So that's really a very broad um, thing to say. Multiple cases of cancer healed. Lots and lots of cancer has been healed as a result of what God did in me and faith rising. Um, withered hand healed, multiple cases of fibromyalgia healed, um, TMJ healed, surgery canceled, girl stands up out of a wheelchair, five-year-old boy walks normal for the first time, medically documented, multiple cases of scoliosis healed, all medically documented, thyroid healed, medically documented, multiple COVID cases healed, some instantaneously, um, pneumonia scars healed from lungs, um, shoulder and rotary cuff healed, surgery canceled. Demons cast out of a home, uh, screeching as they left and caught on recording. Um, yeah, the neighbors witnessed that. and That was um, recorded on three different devices, so it wasn't just me. <laughs> uh, back healed um, while someone was listening to a testimony. Uh, salvation of of many after the Holy Spirit prompted repentance. Um Flow of blood healed, metal plates vibrate and seem to disappear. Um, back and hip injury healed, um, mesothelioma healed, which is an incurable lung disease. Um, a swollen jaw healed through a word of knowledge. Um, lower and upper spinal injury healed. Um, cancer healed after a word curse was broken off from a generational curse cavity healed, medically documented, man's back healed overnight after being injured from falling off a ladder, Um, a woman quit smoking after 50 years, MS healed, medically documented, Um, and no new lesions. Um, Ulcerative colitis healed, withered cancerous tumor removed without need of radiation or chemo, uh, medically documented, AFib healed, former witches set free, um, drug addicts set free, and um, I think that's, I think that's it. I, I know that's not it because I haven't even went through, like, I started to do it and just ran out of time, but I haven't even went through, like, our, we have a ministry team app where we keep track of hillings. I thought I should go through that and write down all those hillings because those are things that happen at our church. And I didn't have time to do all that. But like, this is just to hopefully increase your faith that God is able to heal anything and everything. And um, yeah. He he wants to do that. So thank you for your attention this morning. <laughs>